call is now being recorded. Hello, welcome to the V2V podcast. This is Marcus Parrish, and this is another episode of what we're calling our Survivor Series. Uh, today is a little bit different than some of the other interviews that, that we've done, uh, talking to survivors about the troubled teen industry, which is a group of facilities and programs that are called uh, therapeutic boarding schools, wilderness camps. Um, most of the people that we've spoken to about the troubled teen industry have recounted some pretty emotionally and even physically brutal circumstances that they had to go through after their parents sent them to these places. And a lot of what we speak about during these interviews relates to their experiences and what perhaps can be done you know, differently, different choices that parents and children can make when, when things aren't going right. Um, so my guest today, along in association with his his son, his quote-unquote troubled teen, chose a different path in dealing with the situations they were facing. Um, who we have on the show today is uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Dr. Kevin Fall. Uh, he's an award-winning speaker, author, psychologist, and and leading expert in human connectedness. Uh, he received his PhD from the University of Iowa in psychology and spent years working with some of the most hardened and dangerous individuals with histories of violence and severe mental illness. Um, these days, Dr. Fall is specializing in helping parents and their teens and young adults overcome barriers that prevent them from truly connecting and discovering a deeper and more meaningful relationship with one another. Uh, Dr. Kevin Fall had a situation with his son, Austin, and as he was growing up, Austin started exhibiting more and more attitudes and behaviors that would commonly be referred to as troubled, um, uh, drinking, skipping school, legal trouble, and and Kevin Fall at the time uh, did not really know, you know, what to do. And through a lot of dedication and also um, deciding to go back to school to become a psychologist and get a PhD in the subject, he decided to figure it out in association with his son. It was a it was a process that they both worked through together. So today, what I want to do is is talk to Doctor Fall about his experiences um, with his son and his perhaps his own um, failings as a parent and how they overcame these obstacles and developed a truly life-affirming relationship with each other and, and now, he, in fact, is teaching other people how to do the same thing. So welcome to the show, uh, Dr. Kevin Fall. 
Marcus, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, we have so much to talk about. Indeed. Um, so I, I guess I just want to get right into it. Um, I spoke a little bit about, generally about your son Austin and and the things that you were seeing him go through and not knowing how to deal with. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about kind of before the quote-unquote trouble started, um, how that manifested, and then kind of get into what changes you both made to to overcome these struggles. Well, um, I w- often, and his mother and I and, and my younger son, Alex, lived together in Dallas, Texas, and our marriage was falling apart. It was never a good marriage, and and we split in, in when Austin was about five. And I can remember the gut-wrenching goodbyes on my visitations to see Austin and uh, the torture and shame I felt as a parent for having screwed up his life. There were some small indications or some not – not so significant indications that his life was not going in the right direction. He started getting in trouble, uh, started getting fights in younger grades, and it became progressively ser- more serious as he advanced in his in his schooling. I was a uh, uh, IT professional, and I would travel around the country consulting. And Austin and I lived about eight hours apart, and then I moved from Dallas to. Maryland, and then we lived about 15 hours apart, a car drive. But I would have the, my two sons in the, in the, in the summer, and I would try to pack 12 months of parenting into two months. And, uh, you know, I would do 99% of my parenting just absolutely great. The other 1%, I would use some of the same tools on my two sons that my parents used on them. It was generational abuse that had been passed down for who knows how long. And I was used, like I said, I used the same tools on my sons. I would yell and uh, I would shake them and I would use corporal punishment. And many of those things I did to them, I would call abusive. Long story short, not only was abuse passed down, but this this is incredible sense of shame was passed down from generations. This idea that I'm not enough. And when we experience shame, we behave differently than when we don't. And I would see Austin have this low sense of confidence, and he would come to visit me, and my goal would be to get his confidence up. And he just kept deteriorating to the point where at the age of 18 and 19, he uh, and 20, he had accumulated a number of felonies. They're uh, non-person felonies. They were like property damage type, but they were felonies nonetheless, very serious. He had dropped out of high school. Uh, he was a fighter. He's a big kid. He's got a over-the-top A personality. He was a fighter, and he was either going to be killed or go to prison. Something was going to happen to him. And as this is all happening, I started to work on myself. I had a number of things in my life that was not going right, even though I was very successful professionally. And so I start working on myself and 
I decided to get a PhD. I'm watching my son deteriorate. I'm starting to see my life get better. I wanted to get a, become a psychologist. And my first semester at the University of Iowa, I get this call from my son. He's saying, Dad, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. Wow. And he has all this, you're my last hope, he said. And I said, come live with me. And that's what I said, Marcus. But in my mind, I was thinking, oh, crap. How am I going to do this? I'm working two jobs. I'm studying. Uh, I was together. I was probably putting in 90 hours a week, every week. And I'm thinking, how am I possibly going to do that? But my father, the father side of me said, come on down. And so that began our journey of healing. That started out when Austin moved in and we became roommates at the University of Iowa. And so one of the – stop me at any time, Marcus, here. That, no, that's interesting because that really kind of leads into – the the first basically the first step in in your seven step program now I'll I'll mention I'll mention the book now because it it, it kind of applies um you and your son wrote a book called how to get your son back seven steps to reconnect and repair your relationship now I know that you mentioned too in the preface in the book that although it's called how to get your son back. Um, it certainly can apply to um, uh, daughters, you know, mothers and daughters, mothers and sons. Any any dynamic really uh, works in this context. That's but, correct. So the first the first step that you um, that you put down was um, stop fighting. Yes. Now it it appears from this this testimonial that you're giving that at this point, with all the trouble that was going on with him, you really striving to um, change your own life and and do something different. You came to the conclusion that um, by offering this refuge to him by allowing him to move in with you, even though you were putting in so much, so much time and effort in, in into your own life, that it was time to basically to stop fighting and come together. That's correct. Um, before I tell you, Marcus, I I delivered more lectures to my son Austin than most professors do in their lifetime. <laughs> Knowing each time I created this lecture, it was going to trip the trigger that was going to be the light bulb moment for Austin and he was going to change his direction forever. And that was the delusion I was living in. And and it's at this point that we're addressing the parents out here who are listening who say, I'm out of answers. I am desperate to do something with my son or daughter and I don't know what to do. That is what I hear from hundreds of parents. They say, I'm out of answers. And so we we hammered our children to change, and that's not going to happen. But the one person we can change is me, us, the parents. And that's going to be the most effective tool we have in reconnecting and changing our children's lives. So back to the stop fighting. Um, mm-hmm. We talk about how we need to take – we need to step into our children's shoes. 
see the light they are see like they see it and the reason this works for men boys and girls moms and dads is because it takes a very base level behavioral approach our kids have three goals and we have three goals and those goals are in common we want to belong we want to be loved we want to be valued we want to be appreciated we also the second goal is we want to avoid rejection. And the third goal is we're trying to balance between these two opposing forces that psychology has not yet done any research on, loneliness and shame. And so these are evolutionary drives that we're addressing here, and that's why it applies to human beings, not just sons. And so once we start understanding that our sons or daughters are acting out trying to accomplish these three goals that are extremely difficult, we began to understand, and I was able to accomplish that with my own journey. We're able to step into the shoes and begin empathizing and having compassion rather than thinking, what the hell are these kids thinking? So once we're able to step into their shoes, without saying a word, our, the dynamics of the relationship starts to shift. So that's, that's the first step is understanding right. that we're all attempting to accomplish these three things. Right. And that really brings that really brings us to uh step 2. So when when he moved in with you, that was the beginning of, of reconnecting and uh repairing that relationship because you were both um present uh in in the same place at the same time. So how did that work? Um, what were what were some of the uh, initial things that occurred once he um, came to Iowa and, and moved in with you? Uh, that that was really the pivotal point because he came up there into a a Big Ten university town, being a high school dropout. He was scared to death to leave the apartment, and I I sat down with him one day and the lectures were over. But I started connecting with him in a new way. I had uh, previously I had apologized to my sons for my behavior, my yelling and my uh, abusive parenting. And I apologized to them and I made a commitment and kept that I was no longer going to do that. So by doing that, I began to develop trust as they saw dad was serious. He's really not going to do that. He's really not going right. to yell at us anymore. So I'm sitting here with Austin, who's scared to death to go out of his apartment. And I went from being a coach on the player and telling him what to do to being a player in the game with him. And I said, Austin, I have walked away from my job, a lucrative job to become a psychologist. I don't know if it's going to work or not. I don't know that my plan is going to work or not. And I'm scared to death as well. And so this vulnerability I was able to share with him, and, and repairing a relationship doesn't happen in one conversation, but this is the way I started approaching him is we're in this together. We're supposed to start our lives over. And that of course. adds a lot of credibility and trust to what I'm doing. I'm no longer lecturing him. I'm leading him. Right. And so. Right. So, sorry to interrupt, but. Uh, no, you're good. So. So, okay, so he's there, 
you you've decided to essentially like stop fighting with him and then and then something else happened and and what what that something else was was that Austin essentially continued on the same path that he was on before in a sense in that he needed to he needed to i guess for lack of a better word uh or phrase hit hit rock bottom now yes um i know that in other um in another uh interview i heard you give and when he was a part of he explained that um he began uh partying at the school and drinking yes. heavily and and getting into further trouble yeah uh, this and this of course leads us to step three a step in um be there when your son hits rock bottom so so you you're developing trust you're empathizing with him um perhaps at this point you're more aware of the things that he's going through because he's he's opening up to you a bit but you're seeing that he's still in decline so yes how did you how did you step in when you saw that things weren't necessarily going well for him even though that even though you were making these steps to to reconnect with him uh yes um the thing the thing about going from coach to player as a parent is we get to recognize that our kids are now adults and there there becomes a time when our kids are done listening to us we're done teaching them we're in the game together and making that shift is a very powerful shift and it goes with empowering both Austin and Alex with you know with that authority to make your own decisions you also get to live with the consequences right. so when trouble happens we're so quick to save our kids from the pain that results from it and that you know we've already set expectations that they're going to make the decisions and they're going to reap the consequences for them, both good and bad. I'll be here with you, Austin, but I'm not going to bail you out because you're an adult now and you make the same decisions. And so it's a matter of not rescuing them from the problem, but it's being there in a non-judgmental way saying, okay, what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And how can I help you? And so... So we really came to some realizations that, I mean, based on your input, like, and showing him that that he was in fact responsible for his own actions and that he may suffer further consequences uh good or bad depending on what choices he made um he yes. began to understand that that he was in fact an autonomous person who who gets to decide how he wants to live his life and you're saying look i i get that as a parent, I understand that that you get to make these choices, but let's take a really good look at at the choices that you're making and where that's going to lead you. Yeah, um, bringing us easily to uh, <laughs> to step four, lead your team. So you're you're now giving your son an example to follow, saying, "Look, this is what I went through. This is what these are the these are the things that I didn't do right." These are the consequences I paid. Let's take a let's take a look at, at what you're doing 
and how that is currently affecting your life and how that may in fact um, very much affect your life in the near and not so let me put that a different way in the in the now and in the future um, so apparently apparently that that got his attention and you you were you decided to step in and and, lead and, and something happened and, and and leading takes different forms and and Austin goes from being this badass guy who likes to fight to watching me work these all these hours and and Marcus I was starting to crumble all of under all the hours I can, and I can imagine. My, my parents were aging and having problems with aging and I remember one time I was laying on the couch and and he walks in and he goes what's wrong dad so here's a son who has this background and he's expressing concern about his dad and I got to say I, I, I told him you know Austin I just I'm burnt out. I'm feeling depressed. I think I need to go talk to someone. Hmm. And that's an example of leading. Hey, I've got a problem I need to address and I'm going to take ownership and take action. And that's kind of the leadership mm-hmm. and conversation we were having and set the ground for step five where you get them the help they need. He knows, okay, going and seeing a therapist for a specific reason is not for just sissies. It's for everyone. Right. Dad, dad's right. doing it, and that's kind of, that's how I led him. Is is my mm-hmm. example. Right. Interesting. Um, so, so you went to a therapist. I did. I went several times and, while I was in college. <laughs> and then, uh, and did he? And did he at some point uh, join you, or what? Hap- what happened with him? And in, in seeing you, you, uh, you take some responsibility for. For um, what you're going going through, and, and um, took proactive measures to to fix yourself, um, in a sense. So, what what did he follow you? Uh, he did. We started we started understanding what was going on with him. Uh, understood that he had terrible ADHD. Understood his anxiety was very bad. Uh, understood his um, his feeling depressed. And once we knew those specific things that we needed to work on, and we talked openly about it, I he was willing to go see a professional. I remember one time, if I may share real quick, Marcus. I remember one time sure. in, in, in the kitchen, he was taking a mat. I I had gotten him to enroll in college, and he was at the University of Iowa, making great grades, even though he was parting his tail off. Mm-hmm. I remember getting angry at him and saying, he had dropped a math class, and I said, if you would spend as much time studying as you did do partying, you wouldn't have to drop this class. You know, I, I've fallen back into my old patterns, okay? Right, right. And Austin looks me right in the eye and he goes, Dad, I wish you could feel what it's like to be in my body for one day. Hmm. And it's like he kicked me in the stomach. Um, and I thought, I'm not listening to my son. And so we started to have this conversation about specific problems. We got him into a, a good therapist to work on specific issues, not general issues, and a psychiatrist for medication. And he, we really started seeing him turn his, his grades around. And uh, he, he's, I think a lot of times we look for our 
I remember one more conversation I'll share. He came in late sure. one night and we were watching a football game together and he goes, it was a Saturday night. He's always out partying on Saturday night. He goes, Dad, I just, I'm starting to lose it for the party scene. I'm seeing what's going on. And instead of going, saying something like I would have said, well, it's about time. That's what I've been telling you. I just let him talk. And oh yeah, so often I think we look for our kids to make these turn-on-the-dime decisions that will change their lives around, and that's not the way it works. I allowed him right. space to come to it on his own. And and those big mar- mile markers were what I looked at over the years we lived together. And so absolutely, he started getting help. So this, and, is, this is really interesting. Um, so now that we're now that we're here dealing with these deeper problems, it 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 sounds like it sounds like this isn't a you know a linear, a linear process. Like, and meaning that I mean, just based on what you what you just said, reverting back to these old behaviors um, at, at some point uh, throughout this process and in. And in fact, through life, you go back to step one. You go back to stop fighting. You go back to reconnecting. Both of you now are stepping in on, on each other in a sense. And, and I, I, I am beginning to see, um, by Austin saying, Hey, hey dad, I wish that you could, you could be me for a minute. He's now, He's now taking some responsibility and leading you. Um, Absolutely. Like and and and, Absolutely. and because it's this is so organic and, and kind of nonlinear, as I was saying that. Um, I, well, let me let me back up a little bit. I know a lot of people get really nervous about these step type processes, and yes. and they they're like, oh well, this is like a weird formulaic, like. I'll I'll do uh one through ten and, and my life's gonna be so much better. I don't I don't think so. I'm not even nope. gonna I'm not even gonna look at it because it it sounds too good to be true. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Nothing nothing really works that way. Um so I want to uh disabuse people of this idea that that this is some kind of magical Cure. Just do do one through seven, and you're going to be okay. Um, this is a, a process that um, continues and gets refined. And these are these are general ideas that you're presenting with that can have really impactful results um, for everybody involved. And so it kind of leads us to like step six in because he he's getting therapy he's he's uh uh taking medication for ADHD which is probably clarifying his thoughts a lot mm-hmm. so now yes. that now that you're kind of on the same page so to speak or at least like uh leveled out like in your relationship and and also with his biochemistry you can begin to um what you, you you phrase in step six maximizes growth. So yes. you're you're now able to perhaps help your son um, develop some confidence and and feel 
that he's having some success in life. Marcus, I'm so glad you talked about this this idea of it being the magical process. It's not. And one the, the next step, step six, is mm-hmm. adopting a recovery mindset. And the recovery mindset is uh, me as dad, as a psychologist, I'm still growing. Austin and I still butt heads, but he knows I have his back, and I know he has my back. And so right. We know we're improving all the time. And so it's cementing those uh, gains that we uh, make in therapy for specific, re- um, specific problems. And then living out our life as if we're both on this journey to continually get better. And parents struggle with this idea that they have to give up their authority. They have to give up being right, which most of the time they're, they're right in what they want their kids to do. But it's well, sure, because, because parents were kids, too. Like, and, yes. and that's often forgotten, you know, by everybody. Yes. <laughs> including, including the other adults in the room that, that, you know, hey, that old guy, that old guy over there, like he's he's not really worth anyone's time because he's old. Well, he mm-hmm. he may have he may have an exponential amount of experience yes. than someone you know half his age. He may have done four times as many things that someone half his age has done. Yes. So don't 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 let experience um, turn you off. You know it's uh, yes. You know, it's it's valuable. Like uh, parents know stuff. <laughs> they do, and and I think the whole point of the book, I think the whole point of the book is the way to relay that experience is through a positive relationship, not with a hammer or not sending your kid away to a a, a farm somewhere. Right. It's, it's, parenting is a full contact sport, and we cannot outsource it. Sure. Absolutely. So, and the and the final the final step is create create your best life, and and that's that's interesting because what happened is as you were kind of formulating this process, you codified it in into this book that you wrote with with Austin. Um, yes, that's that's really amazing because that's uncommon. Um, so. How did how did that kind of come about? And I want I want to allow you to kind of um, talk about what you're doing now with uh, Life Doctor. And uh, I know you wanted to um, make an offer to uh, listeners regarding a con- like some consultation about things that they may be going through. Yes, um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You see, if I step back and look at Austin, he came to see me. His mindset was very selfish. His, his, he was always defensive and uh, had really struggled with relationships. And as he watched me volunteer my time with homeless people, as he saw me live by example, trying to improve my life, he began to gain those principles and and as he has grown, he said, Dad, he said, Dad, I want to help people. And so here's the, here's the swing, and that's, that's why we decided to write this book. And, and I'm so concerned for parents out there. Parenting is not like it used to be. Parents need help. And 
you know, one of the things that we do is we consult with parents and, and I just really moved by what you're doing, Marcus. And, and I want to offer your parents a free 30 minute consult. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'd like you to, and you're interested in a 30 minute consult on some things that maybe you could do better, the things that you can do to kind of shift the relationship around and start in a more positive way. I invite you to email me at Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, at LifeDoctor, L-I-F-E-D-O-C-T-O-R dot com. Email me and say, I was listening to Marcus. I'd like to take you up on this 30-minute consultation free of charge. And I would love to talk to you because I love Marcus's work and what he's doing with this TTI industry. And parents, we've got to step up. And it's not so much a matter of working harder. It's a matter of working smarter. And I want to help you do that because um, I've been right where you are before. Well, uh, thank you very much, um, Dr. Fall. And I'll make sure to include all this information um, in the show notes, the uh, the Life Doctor website, um, links to your um, to your book on Amazon, of course so that um, our listeners can get a, a really clear look at, at what exactly it is that, that you're doing and um, and the the, thing, the positive things that you that you're, you're doing that to, to help make people uh, create positive change in their life it's uh, it's really amazing and, and valuable the work that you're doing and I, I really appreciate uh, you too so thank you well, as I mentioned to you earlier, Marcus, I, I appreciate you too, and I'm going to be promoting uh, your podcasts uh, as well because parents need this information. Uh, there's a scarcity of information of what do I do when my son or daughter goes south, and right. um, I love I, I love what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks. It's really interesting the fact that uh, that there is such a lack of seemingly such a lack of information about about this kind of thing that you know the stuff that you're doing on a, on a positive track and also the darker side of of the reason that we decided to to do this uh this series in the first place um you know so-called therapeutic boarding schools uh, there is a different way to go about um healing your your troubled child and, and yourself, and um, so I wanted to uh, say thank you again for coming on the show, and um, uh, we'll talk again soon. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks, Kevin.